Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Five Star Podcast, a podcast with two guys who always have technical difficulties and sometimes watch movies. I'm Ryan Hurley, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm, I'm Sam Wolfcool. And it looks like our problems are extending even beyond technical difficulties today, but we're going to power through. <laughs> so, Sam, we like to start off our show every time um, by talking about what our favorite movie is that we watched in between last week's episode. Um, what was your favorite this week? Uh, yesterday I watched Mad Max Fury Road, and that was... There's just sometimes movies that I just haven't seen but I just know that once I watch it, I'll like love it. And that's a movie that I just had never seen. I own it. And I finally was like, nothing's inspiring on streaming. Let's just watch. And I loved it. It was, it was so good. And it's in the news a lot right now because they might do a, a prequel where they're going to recast Charlize Theron. So I think that'll be exciting to see who, who takes over the role of Furiosa. Yeah, I I would definitely be looking forward to a new one because that movie is just awesome. Like, it's just so fun to watch. And, like, it was great that it got all the Oscar love. It's just, like, good all the way around. <laughs> yeah, I agree. What about you? So I, uh, like all hipsters, have the Criterion channel. And they did, like, a double feature thing with Steven Soderbergh's The Limey and then Mulholland Drive. So I guess my recommendation would be Mulholland Drive to everybody. Uh, it's really trippy and weird and like super David Lynchy. Um, so if that's if you're into like Eraserhead and Blue Velvet and things like that, you know, go and watch that. But it was a good movie, and uh, I still don't really understand what happened. But good Naomi Watts is great in it, um, and so is everybody else in the cast. Definitely, definitely recommending it. There's a uh, cameo from Billy Ray Cyrus in it, Wolf. <laughs> That's too bad. Naomi Watts really had a moment. She was in, like, The Ring. That blew up. Like, she did some good stuff. She did. Like, I don't know I don't know what happened to her. Like, I know she was in the newer season of Twin Peaks, but I haven't really, like, seen her in anything recently. I'd love to see her in more movies again, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's women in Hollywood. They don't always get the fairest chance to really have a – long-spanning career that's true she's kind of at the like age right now where hollywood uh tends to not look upon women of of like middle age which is obviously and i i I wish they would uh stop doing that especially for naomi watts (laughs) yep i agree so after that i think we are good to go to our quick question here you want to want to fire away on the quick question Sure. So in honor of uh, it's not looking good on us getting to go to movies anytime soon, what is a movie from any time period that you wish you were able to see in theaters when it first came out? So this could be something you missed in your lifetime or maybe before you even even were born. So my answer is like a little bit of a cheat because I have seen it in theaters, but much after the fact that it got released. So my answer would be... Um, 2001 a space odyssey because mm. i remember seeing it at like a special event screening or whatever and i went with a friend and we watched it and we both 
really wowed at how good it looked on the big screen and then went and watched the next screening immediately after that. So it was just like a really great experience. It was a ton of fun. So I wish I could have done that, you know, in the 60s when it came out. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would, That's a good one. You know, they faked the moon landing with that footage. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've been getting advertised T-shirts <laughs> that say, like, Kubrick – uh, moon that fake moon landing crew, and I would just really want to get one because of that. I got a buddy that all you have to do is be like, you know, the moon landing. I don't know about that, and he'll just be pissed off at you for like thirty. <laughs> he's uh, he's the opposite of those um, like nine eleven conspiracy theorists, where if you if you mention, much. they're just like, oh, I gotta show you this documentary on Netflix. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my movie is actually. In our lifetime, um, I, I was thinking about this today. I think it would have been really cool to see The Prestige when it came out. Ooh, it's a good choice. I feel like there would have been, I feel like there was a lot of good things. I don't, I haven't seen the movie in a while, but I remember just from watching it in film class. There was a <laughs> lot of uh, interesting, just like cinematography. And I think that movie would have been cool to talk about because so much happened and it wasn't like, it wasn't all like straight up, like what was going on. So I think it would have been like a fun film to like really discuss. Yeah, like, especially, I think, you know, we're looking at Tenet now as, like, the movie that they want to, like, reopen theaters with, and we'll see if that happens, but all of Christopher Nolan's movies are really great, you know, in that theater experience to, like, walk out and be talking with friends, and, like, on the car ride home from the theater, I feel like if you saw The Prestige in, in the theater, you'd just be talking about, like, I thought I thought the guy that was the second Christian Bale kind of looked weird, but... Yeah. I, I didn't fully know, uh, and, you know, like, I, I think it would be fun. Dude, we watched a lot of Christopher Nolan in that film class, because we watched that, we watched Inception. Did we watch Dark Knight, or do, am I Am I just, we didn't watch Dark Knight. I'm just creating that. We definitely talked about Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> it, I feel like that um, was the uh, common common movie that everybody had seen. That's <laughs> the Dark Knight. Yeah, I mean. That's <laughs> the one, one set of overlap. <laughs> Oh, that was a weird class. That was a fun class. We watched uh, Spirited Away. We watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. We watched your favorite movie ever, Pitch Perfect. Oh, man. Getting over, getting overruled uh, on watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit and instead having to watch Pitch Perfect, I think, is one of the most disappointing moments of my life. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That's a film. I haven't seen that in a long time, but that's a weird movie. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Let's let everybody else watch that. I don't want to watch a boring movie about acapella. Every night, I'll like be on like Hulu Live, and no matter what, one of the Pitch Perfects is on TV. Ugh. You know, what really sealed the deal for me that like not liking that movie was when the like Cup song became a hit. I love that. Song. Oh. I love Pitch Perfect. Actually, I've never seen. I like the first one. I, I, but I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I'm good on the first one. I don't really like Rebel Wilson anymore. I don't, I don't need to see any more of these. The, the fact that they made two more as well, when it, when it's like, I'm, I'm good with just the one. You know, like. Well, they dragged Haley Steinfeld into Pitch Perfect. I got a lot of feelings about her. I watched Barely Lethal this weekend. I hated that movie. She's terrible in it. She's really good when she's like hardcore, like Edge of Seventeen, True Grit. But the moment she's like, "I'm bubbly," "I'm Haley Steinfeld," it's like, "Shut up!" Like you are not good. Yeah, it's not. I feel like I feel like she's not as good at like showing that part of her personality in like a in like a movie. The thing is, I think that is her personality, but she's like somehow better when she's like hardcore. 
It's just something it's that weird. nobody expects from her. Nobody necessarily wants, you know. It's just like True Grit. Just, just make westerns. Just become John Wayne. That'd be kind of cool. that would be nice. That'd be kind of weird. That'd be kind of weird. Well, <laughs> just recreate John Wayne movies with her. Well, now she's making. Props oh, for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Should we get into our our uh, movie swap this week? Sure. So, if you listened to the two parter last week, uh, you might remember um, that the movies we gave each other. I gave you Tootsie, um, and you gave me um, Lost in Translation. We both watched each movie, and we have come back. Uh, to talk to you guys today about it. So, what did you think about the 1982 Best Picture nominee, Tootsie? Well, I really liked Tootsie. It's, uh, it was, I think Dustin Hoffman's a really good actor, so it's always fun to see him do different things. I loved Jessica Lange. I thought the story moved really well. Like, it wasn't, there were, like, there weren't a lot of pacing issues. Like, it was just a, it was a funny movie while not being, like, comedic there was a lot of just like funny things that were taking place in it and i thought it was a really like meaningful movie where like you could really watch dustin hoffman's dorothy michaels like realize how terrible it is for women to work in hollywood at times well not even hollywood but i guess that was the point of the movie yeah i feel like it's something that's aged pretty well for something from the 80s i think I'm sure we'll probably talk about a few things here that that don't quite translate quite as good, but yeah, it just it just moves. It's a very fun movie. Like it's aged well, but then you have to think about the fact that if this movie came out, people would be pissed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the I think it would be something that like the trailer comes out and it gets subjected to a lot of like think piece articles. Yep. That people write before they even see the movie, and then like it, it would just inflame this whole debate. And then you'd watch the movie, and you're like, "This is kind of just a nice, fun movie." I don't know what people are yelling about. Twitter would be full of people who haven't seen a clip of the movie, being like, "A man's playing a woman. This should be someone. Yeah. There should be a like. There should be uh like the like tangerine. Like it should be like tangerine, where you have like people who are like are actually like trans cast in that role. But it's like, well, that's not at all the point of the movie, but." I'm glad you yeah, exactly. paid attention. I'm glad you have no idea what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you just read another article talking about the plot of the movie and then <laughs> wrote, wrote your article. <laughs> so we're going to get into some of the questions I have for you here. Um, my first one is, in that opening montage, would you have cast Michael Dorsey if you were, if you were casting a play of your own? No. It kind of reminded me of, like, how Colin Kaepernick got, like, kicked out of the NFL. Like, even though he's, like, a competent, like, like a, a good a good enough competent backup quarterback or maybe even, like, a spot starter, you just don't need that from your backup quarterback. And it's like these directors don't need all this nonsense from Michael Dorsey during their play. Yeah, especially, like, I feel like his auditions – He's very like I think I think the point is that they're supposed to be kind of like not great, but like when you're seeing him audition in the beginning, I'm always just sitting there like, I mean, I wouldn't have cast him oh. either. And then he's a huge pain in the ass like to, to boot, so that it's like, Well, fuck you, man. Yeah. Well, it's not like Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick doesn't like do anything. Like it's just like everyone else about Colin Kaepernick. Let me just rephrase that. But it's like a similar yeah, thing yeah. where it's just like there'd be a lot of 
a lot of unnecessary noise coming from yeah exactly <laughs> maybe it's more like it's more like cam newton <laughs> he's got to be signed somewhere you don't you don't want to sign your backup quarterback and have him have a clause that he has to have his own weight room like he did in Carolina. I'd love to watch a backup quarterback, Cam Newton, with like the towel around his neck. He's like, man, this this sucks. I'm getting paid six million bucks to do this. He's on the sidelines screaming like, why would I stand up if I'm dying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another thing I love, how – like douchey was that party that they throw for his birthday it would have been hilarious just to watch like tiny little dustin hoffman like running around trying to hit on every girl hits on every girl like twice sometimes yeah and yeah, that killed me it was ridiculous <laughs> he's just like the worst pickup lines too and like <laughs> but he does it twice to the one woman i'm like oh dude come on come on man i would have just sat at the poker table with bill murray yeah yeah me too it kind of made me think of like his character in that made me think of in that moment made me think of the guy in, in a ghost story that like really talks like for a long time. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Like that that was him. Like he's just sitting there throwing back beers and like pontificating about life. I, I took my <laughs> I took my sister to that movie on accident. Like I she like wanted to hang out and I was like, go see a movie, go see a ghost story. Not like this time. <laughs> not, not not like a fun group group hang movie. Ninety minutes of Rooney Mara crushing a pie, and then ghosts just like waving at each other. <laughs> I like how <laughs> I like how people like watch that movie. She crushes that pie, and then everybody's like art. Yeah, it was awesome. I wish I could. Do that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Kind of a big stomachache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, another question, just just pertaining to Michael Dorsey's acting here. Who's the better actor? Is it Michael Dorsey or is it Dorothy Michaels? It's probably Michael Dorsey. Like, I, oh, okay. I, I think he brings a little more to the table. All Dorothy Michaels does is just be stern to men. That's true. She does like she does really she really hands it up. I do episode. enjoy it. I think it's I think it works better. I think I I think I would enjoy like watching something with Dorothy Michaels more, but like, I feel like Michael Dorsey will bring a little more to the table. You could probably cast Michael Dorsey in more like different things, you know, Dorothy Michaels is like, when you cast Dorothy Michaels, you're getting Dorothy Michaels. She literally cannot be anything else. (laughs) Yeah. She's just like, she's just screaming at people, giving them a hard time. (laughs) So, I feel like his agent in this movie really, le- like, he's he's upset, but, like, he really doesn't react too, too cr- like, angrily to when he finds this out. I don't know how you would have reacted, but I would have been like, what the, what are you doing? Stop that right now. I would have been, like, just really, really, like, what, like, this guy. Like, I have so many issues with this guy. But I would have been yeah. thrilled to be like, I guess I'm getting a commission, finally. <laughs> yeah finally he's making me some money at least yeah. but wasn't his commission played by uh uh the director uh yeah yeah sydney pollock sydney pollock apparently though i was reading all about all about the trivia and apparently like they didn't really get along so like it worked oh. really well to like bring him into the agent so they could take some of their arguments like and bring it into the movie 
that's perfect actually i mean i feel like casting dustin hoffman in this role is like pretty meta even on top of it because he is kind of known for being like very particular and then you know michael dorsey is screaming at people in in the play when they're just trying to like help him get things right and it's like it's sort of like casting ed norton in birdman to be like the difficult actor you know it's like there's a little bit of a fourth wall breaking there which is really smart it's like when david fincher cast Ben Affleck and Gone Girl. He's just like, yeah, like this guy, like he could probably do this. <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah, he, he's playing it up a little bit, but like he is this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, like you said, since he's not making him any money, I feel like most agents are just like, you're gone, buddy. Uh, you're you're, yeah. you're gone from my agency. You're dropped. It's like, stop coming in the door. Go away. Like, go produce your play. That's that's a good point. He would just keep coming coming back though. He would be like, "We dropped me. I'm back. I'm I'm good. I'm doing this play. You can hire me again." I wrote it. My roommate wrote. My roommate wrote it. <laughs> He's brilliant. He's brilliant. <laughs> would you, if if you were in Michael Dorsey's shoes, do you think you would would go this far to get a role? In 2020, no. But in the 80s. Just from listening to, I, I I get all my '80s knowledge from listening to the rewatchables uh, when they do '80s movies, and from what it sounds like, according to Bill Simmons, you could just do anything in the '80s and it was fine. So maybe in the '80s, you know, everybody was coked up. It was a different time. Maybe <laughs> I wouldn't pass as a girl. I'd be a very tall girl. Yeah, what is like a six-five girl? Yeah, <laughs> it works for five-six Dustin Hoffman. That's true. That's true. Like he's already like a pretty slight guy. <laughs> I think it's funny yeah, too how they. I, keep about, I think it's funny too how they keep talking about how much like makeup he needs, and like how they can't push the camera in very close because. Not too close. Not too close. <laughs> yeah. How far back can you pull? How about Cleveland? Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> I, was, I, I was watching it completely alone in my living room, and I'm, like, laughing out loud at that line. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> I, uh, another aspect of the uh, set that we got to hit on is just how, like, awful the men are. You know, like, we've been comparing this to what would happen in 2020. These These guys would be fired so much before this if they kept acting like this i feel like yeah i feel like enough people would have like banded together and been like okay we gotta like tell on these guys like this is not allowed like they would have been gone and yeah. i mean the old the old doctor was a terrible actor he didn't know any of his lines i love yeah. that joke they had like a cue card in the background she's like grabbing his face to like make yeah. him face her and things like and he's that like, it was really funny. he's like pointing his eyes like Trying to see it. <laughs> it kind of makes me like the whole the whole movie the how bad the soap is. It kind of makes me wonder who even watched it. But then again, I'm not the person that watches soaps anyway. You know. If I learned anything from '80s movies, like have you seen Mr. Mom? No. Oh With like God. Michael Keaton, like I think everyone just like he he basically like plays a guy who has to who gets stuck at home because he doesn't have a job anymore. And he he watches soaps like all the people he talks to watches soaps like I feel like everyone just watched soaps up until like the last ten years now I don't know who the heck watches a soap opera yeah I don't know like a single person now who's who's like watching soaps every day sadly 
I feel like I would like them. I do love my melodramatic crap. That's true. Like, it would be funny if... So I feel like the reason why soaps were so popular is because, like, before streaming, they're just on every day, you know? And they're just some kind of, like, crazy things to, like, toss on. I could definitely see myself doing that if we didn't have, like, Netflix now. Where, like, I'm playing video games and, like, the soap is on in the background or something. Yeah, I feel like that'd be the perfect background noise. You're just sitting there and you're like, wait, what? She She's dead, but now she's alive? And what? What? <laughs> so we've, we've talked a lot about how um, it's very much so an 80s movie. And I feel like one aspect of that not related to the plot is just the music <laughs> did you enjoy the music in this movie or did you did it pull you out of it a little bit i thought it was uh i thought it was like i thought the music was like funny and kind of reminded me of like a simpler time which is kind of like i don't know maybe i i guess i didn't maybe i didn't listen that close to the music but i thought it was just like i can't think of the word for it but it was just kind of like it was just funny music it was kind of like uh, it just sounded old. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna, this is a, this is an old movie. Yeah, like it sort of it really, really like sounds like maybe music you would hear like from like a soap in the '80s or something like that. Like it's just like very like kind of I wouldn't say cliche, but it's like this like very dated soft rock that I feel like nobody listens to now, which is kind of funny. I gotta go back and listen to the music closer. I'll have to find an album. The like, there's the there's the one when like, because I think they had some original music for this, and there's the one where he's like shaving his legs, and it's like a song, like singing the name of the movie, and I was like, oh my god. Yo, I remember that. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, la- I, it kind of adds to the comedy now. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> I love the 80s. It reminded me of that, like, Weatherman song in the beginning of uh, Groundhog Day. Oh, Groundhog Day? (laughs) (laughs) I loved it, though. It was funny. So, um, how long do you think it would... Do you think it would take this long to to notice that Dorothy is a man, as it did in this movie? Um... Maybe the TVs weren't very good back then, so I'm not totally sure. But, like, the moment her uh, Jessica Lange's dad, like, meets him slash her, I feel like he would have been, like, someone would have figured it out. Like, I mean, if you were actually, like, next to him, I can't. I find it hard to believe you don't look at his face, look at his hands, and you're like, I don't know about, I don't know. This, this man. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like, okay, so... The picture that they paint of all the guys in this, they're pretty, like, unattentive and kind of dumb. So I could see maybe it getting past them. But the moment, like, Dorothy Michaels meets another woman, I feel like that's immediately, like, when she's getting called out. You know, like, when he's getting found out. I don't know. Like it's. I like. I like how how long it takes everybody in the movie. But that was one thing I was watching where I'm like, oh my god, he would he would immediately like get flamed for this walking down the street. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look like a a woman all that much. He does like. 
a good job of hiding some of his like like the five o'clock shadow and things like that but like he was just clearly yeah. like kind of like makeup caked on and that's clearly a wig and things like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's my favorite part is him, him just like poofing up the wig when he's talking to Bill Murray in their apartment <laughs> I like I think my favorite part with Bill Murray was when they uh was when the phone rang and they talked to each other for like a minute they're like well if I answer them, then then uh what was Jessica Lane's character's name whatever her name was she's gonna think that there's a man in the house but I don't want her to think that but then it's just the whole, and then Bill Murray's like, "Well, if, well, if you answer like, like Dorothy, then my girlfriend's gonna think that there's another girl in the house." <laughs> I was like, and then yeah. they just didn't answer. Yeah, he's just like, oh, "I'll just get a machine." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bill Murray. I also he was great in this movie. I feel like we we should just talk about Bill Murray now. But uh, I I love the bit too where um, Sandy is at the door. And she's like knocking, and and Michael has just gotten back, and he's still in like his his Dorothy costume, and he's mm-hmm. just like he's turning on the sink to make it sound like the shower is going, and he's like improvising for him and making it look like he's less dressed. So I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Bill Murray. He's great. I feel like um, this is with totally zero research at all, but I feel like it, he hadn't really done like sort of a more dramatic role at this point in his career and he's still definitely hilarious in this movie but i thought he was i thought he was really good really good in such a small role yeah i think he had done like caddyshack and stripes and then after this he went on to like greatness like ghostbusters like another ghostbusters like groundhog days in there like he just did a lot of I can't even think of other movies he did off the top of my head, but he, I mean, Bill Murray then became like Bill Murray up until like the movie we're going to talk about after this, where then I feel like it slowly starts to peter off. Yeah, like that was definitely in the time period where he like was just really like hitting his stride, I think. And it's, he's just, you could tell because he's just hard to, he steals every scene, you know, it's hard not to like watch him and laugh at him in the movie. I agree. I agree. I think. Um, another person who's really good in the movie who I felt really bad for was Terry Gar as Sandy, the like woman that Dustin Hoffman sleeps with, even though he doesn't doesn't want to, and then they start dating, quote unquote, even though he's like just horrible to her. I felt so bad for her in this movie. I felt really bad for her character, but like Terry Gar was like really she was she was in this movie. She was like there was a, the one scene. I can't even think of what when it took place, but they were just like screaming at each other, and Terry Gar was like on a whole other level of just like like what are we like why are you yelling <laughs> true, at him? True. She her face was like her head was like moving, and I was like she does have like cow. a very screwball performance in this, like she's just really going for it. <laughs> Speaking of Mr. Mom, she's like an all-time bad mom in that movie, but I don't know how that movie keeps coming up, but. I guess that was Terry Gar's moment, like the early '80s. Then I feel like I don't know yeah. anything about her. After. Yeah, I mean, I like her in this. I, she's in Young Frankenstein as well, which I, I like her in 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 that too. But this is very different. And it, yeah, you you are right. She's really like, definitely giving like a big performance in this. Um, but I think I think there are certain. A, I feel bad for the character, but B, like I think there's certain moments where she's good. Like when he's getting her like hyped up to go to that yeah. audition. 
he's like really being a prick to yeah. her. I thought that was great. Yeah, I like. I, I think the less she was in the movie, like the the less I was like, ah, Terry Gar's here. But like at first, I was like, oh man, this is like, this is fun. Like I want more of like her and Hoffman going back. Yeah, and forth, she's in it like a lot, especially in the beginning, a lot more than I remembered at least. Jessica Lange's not in it enough. She is yeah, so she's incredible in the movie. She's so, I I, she's another character like I feel I feel bad for, and then it's like. You know, she's she's having this like um, realization in her life, but totally from the, the exact wrong person, which is Michael Dorsey. Uh, <laughs> but and then she she figures it out in the end. Did you did you want them to be together in the end? Do you think that that's a, a good relationship? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't understand. I feel like there were a lot of movies like. 20 plus years ago where they just everyone just like ended up together I don't need them to end up together I don't think that was the point of the movie was for uh, Dustin Hoffman's character mm-hmm. to find love but and I feel like Jessica Lane can do a lot better yeah. than than, uh, than Hoffman but uh, it's just how movies ended have you ever seen As Good As It Gets mm-hmm. from like yeah. 1997 with uh, how Jack Nicholson and I don't remember who he played, Hunt, yeah. the woman was and then we Bonnie, so Helen Hunt, like when they ended up together. No, the moment I realized that it was going to become like a love story between the two of them, I like tuned out so hard on that movie because <laughs> I was like, "That's gross!" Like Jack Nicholson sucks. Like he is so old, his character is so old, and yet we're just going to pretend that there's a love connection here. But anyway, no, you're 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 100 right. It. You're 100 right. Yeah, like I think you know, if we if we make this again in, in twenty twenty, I think it ends where they you know make up and they're friends, but I don't, I don't think they're like lovers at the end. Yeah, I I mean, there's no, I think in twenty twenty we realize there's like no reason for them to be like. We're also probably more uh, more just like yeah, that's true. People that's true in twenty twenty than the eighties. Like, it it is weird though because you watch it and like. You know, obviously they're getting to know each other as 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 she gets to know him as Dorothy, um, and not Michael. So then, you know, for him to be like, "Oh, I've always been Dorothy. I'm just not dressed like her." It's like, yeah, you guys were like friends. You weren't like romantic partners in that moment. You know. I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're yeah. You're, yeah. There's just no reason for it. Um, so I think my last real question here is just going to be in, in 2020, we've already kind of touched on this in 2020, how big of a scandal would this be with Michael Dorsey? <laughs> so are you saying if they made a, if they made this a movie, how big of a scandal or like, let's say like on some television show that we all watch. Like this, if this on happens. Riverdale next season, uh, one of the stars rips off her wig, and it's actually been a a, a man the whole time. I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Brutal. Um. Um. You know what? How about this? I bet if I was watching like a reality show, like like if The Bachelor was on, and like someone like flipped genders, I think that would be a really really big deal but um 
At the same time, there's this Netflix show called The Circle. Have you ever heard of um, the show? No, I haven't. No, please invite me. It's basically about like these people go live in an apartment and they only interact with mm. each other over the internet. So like people uh, catfish each other. So like one of the people that made the finals on the first season of it was a man pretending to be a girl. So like we knew as the viewer, but like none of those other people knew. So I feel like in 2020, now I've, changed, I've, I've come all the way around here. I feel like in 2020, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because we were just like big, like accept the person now in 2020, as opposed to like, you did this. I feel like we'd be like, eh, whatever. It's just a Thursday in, in March. Yeah. Like, who cares? Like, there's going to be something guess, crazy That's tomorrow. a good point. I guess when I was writing out this question, I was wondering, like, I think, I think you mentioned it earlier, is... Um, would people have, have really like started uh, posting on Twitter and, and writing articles about like, this should have been a woman the whole time. How could this guy do this? You know, yeah. I feel like there's like, yeah, I, think- I feel like Michael Dorsey would almost have to, he would almost have to take the flack or he would have to be somebody that is like genuinely, I guess like transgendered. If, if for that to like not be just a huge issue, you know. I agree. I totally agree. I think I think Twitter would be a shitstorm for a few days, but I think it's something that would go away because it's because it's Twitter in 2020. It would just like not exist anymore. And then three months later, someone would be like, "Hey, remember when this happened?" And then yeah. people would be like, "Nope, that's true. I don't remember and, that and at all." I guess everything is just so crazy now. Where it was like, uh, I, I had a teacher who he talked about, like, he messed up something, and there was a big article about it on deadline.com. And he, he, he told us when he realized things weren't so bad, was he just kept refreshing the page and seeing articles come out, and he's just getting bumped down and bumped down and bumped down until he was not on the, on the front page anymore. I feel like maybe that would happen to Michael Dorsey a little bit. Yeah. I feel like that's just anything that's true. in 2020 that's true. nowadays. If it happened like right right now, when when we're all in in quarantine, I feel like it would it would be gone within like six hours because then like Trump would start talking about injecting bleach or like a new a new study would come out and then it'd, it'd be immediately thrown into the wind. <laughs> yep, I agree. Good uh, good suggestion for a movie though. I enjoyed Tootsie. I gave it four out of five. Like I definitely yeah, it's, like, it's like so Tootsie. good and. Uh, I was glad it was on Netflix uh, and I was, I was really happy to watch it again. And I'm just going to end my little Q and a by just saying that is one nutty hospital. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Should we move on? To lost in translation. So what did, uh, what'd you think of the 2000? Three, two thousand three. It was good. I really, I really liked it. I watched it this morning. Um, both of the lead performances are really great. I also liked Giovanni Ribisi and Anna Faris. I love. He's so like he's so slimy in this. I, I, I really loved it. He was he's he's so easy to like be like oh you're so annoying. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and I thought, but I thought the two leads chemistries were really great. Um, and I think this movie, I think this movie is like, it's 
gained a lot of audience, you know, like since it came out, I don't know how popular it was, you know, initially on release, but I feel like it's something that's attempted to be um, imitated. And I don't feel like other movies that try to do this, do it as well. And it was like refreshing to just watch this and be like, oh, this is really great. This is just a really good movie. I, lo I love Lost in Translation. I watched it like probably th three months ago. And it was, it's not a particularly long movie. And it moves like pretty quick. And I just think it's such a beautiful, like the imagery is beautiful. Like you just feel like in like compassed in this like different world. So like you're kind of feeling the culture shock the same way the characters are feeling the culture shock. The, the age difference between the two of them definitely left me like a little bit of like, a, I don't know how I feel about this, but like, I didn't, I, I didn't let that like ruin. I think too, they do a good job of like, cause they have that one like really, really like awful date or whatever that like, where they're both like, that was a really bad lunch. And I think that that's like a good scene to have in there because it makes you go like, oh, maybe if these two, like this happens so much in a vacuum and it's definitely like there's romantic undertones, but that's never really like consummated. And so I think that scene tied it all together for me where I was like, oh, if this would be happening back in Los Angeles or wherever they're both from, I don't know if it would have worked. Like it's just the specific situation when they're both like just feeling really like lost in the world um, and that they found each other and that they kind of like created this bond. I thought it was really, I, I, I love that part about the movie, honestly. I think that goes in well to the first question I'm going to ask you. So I watched Curious Case of Benjamin Button the other day. And that kind of also has a very like similar thing to this question of doesn't it seem like a hotel is like the very best place to like be up in the middle of the night? Like a really like ritzy, nice hotel like this, you know? It, it just seems like there's like, like things just happen in the middle of the night at a hotel. Like you go to the bar, like you have like, some interaction like you would never have anywhere else in the world. Like, it just seems like, especially like for, for thing. these two, you know, like being in a foreign country, it's like the only place where they can go and talk to go and know that they have somebody else there that like talks English or speaks English. So like, you know, obviously the movie is called lost in translation. Like there's obviously like a big language barrier. That's a big like joke in the movie. Um, but like it, you do, begin to realize like they can't sleep because of the time difference and they're both like bored so they really just meet each other by like just going downstairs and like i love bill murray talking the ear off of the of the one hotel employee before like scarlett johansson comes and sits down next to him i, I, was, I was laughing so hard but it's like that's what you would do you know <laughs> i mean what else is he supposed to do like i mean they even have that like whiskey commercial where he's like he's just by himself in this world of yeah and like i mean like, even television is not like in the same language or he doesn't have like subtitles so he's just like i got nothing to do i'm lost i'm i'm, I'm lonely <laughs> we go i'm gonna go yeah, drink exactly. and make friends with like, the cute american i know girl. she speaks english i'm gonna go talk to her <laughs> 
Would you uh would you buy Bill uh Bill Murray's yeah. whiskey? Yeah, it whiskey. was whiskey, right? That he was selling. So I, uh, two two things. No, because I, I I've heard traditionally I don't think Japanese whiskey is supposed to be good. Uh, but this did make me think about if you ever get bored, you should look up celebrities doing Japanese whiskey commercials because this happens a lot with celebrities and it's one of the like funniest things I've ever seen. Like there's this one with Nicolas Cage from like the nineties where he's like in a car and he gets out and it's all these people and they're like, you know, like around him, like Nick, Nick, Nick. And then he just sees these two women and he's like twins and it like zooms in on him and there's like heads around his head, like twins. <laughs> and like He just drives off and it's like, buy this whiskey. Some of the most like bizarre stuff on YouTube that and, and Google Orson Welles wine commercial outtakes. Uh, that's that's my YouTube homework for everybody. Was that uh was that young fit Orson Welles? Old, old fat Orson Welles, old, old fat drunk Orson Welles. Like <laughs> it's really funny to watch him start the commercial because he's kind of like sitting there and they'll be like action and he's like not paying attention. They're like action action. He's like oh promise son is from the French Riviera, but they bring that excellence to California. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Okay, so one of my first thoughts, questions in this movie, how old do you think, Scar- like, like, just going into it, how old did you think Scarlett Johansson was, like, 20 minutes in? Did you have, like, a, her, okay, her this actress has got to be... Herself? How old? Um, her, her, like her herself. Boy, she looks pretty young. I, she like twenty three. Oh my god! She wow. was seventeen was when they filmed this. Like I, like when I watched it, I was like, okay, she's got to be like, she's playing like a twenty three, twenty four year old, which I read online. She's playing a twenty two year old, so I was like, okay, she's probably. I mean, she's yeah. got a freaking baby face in this movie. Like knowing like who she's become, like looking at her, I'm like, oh my god, she looks yeah, it's it's young, weird. It's it's weird to see her this in this movie. It's weird to think about Scarlett Johansson too, because you think about like what a lot of like young actors and actresses do. Like they stay in the world of like rom com and like high school characters for so long. Like, I mean, I think about, like, Pitch Perfect we were talking about. Like, all those characters mm-hmm. are, like, way too old to be playing college kids. And then you have Scarlett Johansson, who's 17, playing a 22-year-old. Yeah. And you're like, yep, yeah, I like, buy it. I'm she, so, um, so, you know, I, I worked for two agents. Um, and I'm not going to say, just for whatever reason. But, you know, normally, like, normally when we get roles that are for this, like, age, it's normally aged up people to play younger because you know hollywood people like they just look so young for compared to real people uh but like it is crazy to think about like and she does carry herself in like a way that does seem like mature like she even though she is 17 she seems like it wants i guess you know like somebody that went and studied philosophy uh maybe Maybe they're a little bit different than your average college graduate, but she does seem like somebody that graduated college. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. And you mentioned Riverdale, and I think about so that show. I've watched every. I'm like on the most recent season, and like they're all 
relatively young, except for KJ Appa, who plays Archie, who's like really young. Like he's 20 years old when they start that show. He's obviously playing a 16 year old and it's like still an aged up, but like 20 is like very young. And you can like see him getting better as an actor every season as he gets older and older. But then you think of Scarlett Johansson, she's 17 in this movie and she's already like giving like a very good performance where you'd ever were like, man, I wish like it was someone a little older. I, I almost feel like it wouldn't work as well if it was someone a little older. Like they wouldn't really sell the being like yeah. I think and, like her being her being young like, like that, that it makes her seem a little bit more, I guess like naive and idealistic. And then so just like being in Japan, in somewhere that's completely different than than Los Angeles, it, and it she just like plays it so well, like being that being that kind of like almost frightened, but like intrigued by everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's weird watching this movie. And then just kind of goes to my next question about the fact that like, I feel like nowadays, like a lot of people just hate Scott Johansson because I feel like, I feel like people that I know that don't like her, it's because she like took on roles that she probably shouldn't have taken on Hmm. because they weren't, weren't meant for a white person. But I think watching a movie like this makes you realize that, like, she's a good actress who's, like, makes good movies. And I feel like a lot of people just, like, kind of dwell on yeah, like, like in the show. Which uh, so, made. you know, I, I feel I feel a little bit, like, conflicted when people scream at an actor about getting cast in something. It's, like, kind of like yelling at, like, water for getting wet, for being wet, as opposed to, like, being mad at the person that dumped the bucket of water on you. You know, like, okay, Scarlett Johansson has, has like enough clout in Hollywood where if she doesn't want to do a role, she can just say no. But like, you know, it's like something like Ghost in the Shell, the producers and the director have to like, be like, this is a big project based off of, uh, is it a Japanese film? Uh, forget Forgive me if I'm I'm wrong, but I think a Jap- I think it is yeah Japanese anime. Like, I think it's an anime. Um, you know, maybe we should cast a Japanese actress. Like that's on them, you know, because she hasn't been with this thing for years and years down the line. So I feel like that's people people blaming Scarlett Johansson for somebody else's uh, faults. I I will say she does seem like when I see interviews with her, she seems a little bit like hippy dippy Gwyneth paltrow to me. <laughs> I submit sometimes my mileage varies with her, but <laughs> I certainly don't hate her. I watched the fu- I watched the funniest Gwyneth Paltrow video the other day. It was, uh, I was watching just like, I love watching like actors and actors like win awards. Like I'll, I'll watch like old Oscar clips all the time, but I, I found myself like in the world of the Emmys. For some reason, even though I don't watch any of the shows. Well, actually, this guy named Jarrell Jerome won an Emmy, and he was in the Cella and the Spage movie I watched. And I was like, oh, wow, he, he needs to find better movies. But um, Gwyneth Paltrow was given out an award. And how they had it set up was, like, they had, like, the like whoever was presenting had to walk, like, really, really far. And she was in, like, this really tight dress that she could barely move her legs. So she just was, like, strutting out. She, like, winked at someone as she was walking out. You know... I don't love everything yeah, when it does. That's nowadays, true. Like she like, still, still love her. She's still likable, and it's it's the same with Scarlett Johansson. Like even if she says something that maybe makes my eyes roll, uh, she, I, she's still likable. 
person. And she's a good, she's a screen actress, good screen actress. I'll watch, I'll watch anything. Like if, if I hear, yeah, exactly. I'm, and like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably... so I think you just see like her range from like doing movies like this and, and marriage story to like also being, she's, she's good in like, you know, the Avengers and things like that. So like, uh, that yeah. I agree. So let's move on to Bill Murray. I mean, we go from a movie where while Tootsie like is like a drama, it's also like a funny movie. And Bill Murray was like tasked with being funny. And that's not really he's, the case in Lost in Translation. Really what great. did you make of his poems? Um, and this is, you know, he's still like so charming good. and, you know, he has funny moments. But yeah, it really is like relying on him dramatically and I think this is a type of character that we see him try to go back to but don't he doesn't always do it as well as he does in this movie um like I feel like this and and Rushmore are like the high watermarks of just like him giving these really really great like dramatic performances yeah I I think he like, he's obviously a funny guy, but I think I like the movies more that he has to be a little more dramatic. Like, even Groundhog Day, there's, like, parts of that where he needs to, like, kind of rein it in and yeah. be a little... Like, there's some existential things going on in Groundhog Day. And, and I just think Bill Murray is, like... I don't know. He's just such a believable person. He's, like, a believable character in Lost in Translation that you're just... You're with him through it all. You you just kind of agree with everything that he's doing. <laughs> Maybe sleeping with the singer. I was kind of like, eh on that but like he was such a sad like depressed lonely bored just like he was just like out of life to give it seemed like and it was just such a great performance it's, he got nominated i don't know who he lost to but yeah he's uh, i i mean he was fantastic in you movie. know i think i you really can see why when you watch the movie you know which is why he's so like because that's got to be a weird spot it's like an actor is uh because it's is his character is clearly like somebody that was famous in the seventies and is now just kind of like coasting, trying to like make a few million here and there. Um, but it seems like even the movies he did that he became famous on were not like, it's not like he was in the Godfather or something. It kind of looked like he was in like Turner and Hooch or something, except for with like a, with like a monkey instead of a dog, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But so like, I, I, he does a, he does a great job of just being like this like I'm I'm wealthy, I've clearly like done done well for myself, but like I just feel so unfulfilled, and I think that that he is probably the best yeah oh yeah comedian at doing that in like a dramatic way because I know Jim Carrey tries to do that a lot too, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it doesn't quite work for me. I, I, yeah. I feel like I have too much baggage with Jim Carrey to like totally buy into anything dramatic he's doing. Um, so best actor that year, it was okay. Sean, so Sean Penn won the Oscar for Mr. Yeah. River, which that's a good, Is that a good my movie. Daughter in but there? I, I guess Is that I don't my remember Sean Penn's performance being any, any. That's like the beginning. That's like the movie that made me realize that <laughs> especially Kevin Bacon in Boston only plays movies. <laughs> 
And then Johnny Depp for Pirates oh, of the Caribbean. It's the that year. Black oh, my Pearl God. Awesome. That's an awesome nomination. <laughs> he is. He's, he is. He's so sure. good in Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm with that. Two movies I yeah, haven't, I haven't seen, seen that one. Ben Kingsley, House of Sand and Fog. Oh. And Jude Law. I haven't seen Cold Mountain. That got a lot of nominations that year, too, I think. No. And then Bill Murray. Bill Murray could have You know, like, Bill Murray's a little bit less of, like, a showy performance, but I would be totally happy with that if he had, if he had won that year. Who? Who? Do you want to know who won Best Supporting Actress? Oh, man. Okay. Renee Zellweger. <laughs> oh, Renee. Oh, my gosh. I haven't even heard of a lot of these movies. What are some of these movies? Whatever. Anyway, actually, the other fun thing we'll move on to from this is she won a best original screenplay for this, completing the first family ever where three people have an Oscar, like grandfather, father, or daughter. I don't know how much experience you have with Sofia Coppola. So I've seen, um, I've seen movie The Bling Ring, and I've seen The Beguiled, and I'm going to do a quick look at her filmography to okay. see if I've seen more. She's done like Marie Antoinette, uh, somewhere with a very young Elle Fanning, and uh, uh, I'm missing um, a good one. I'm missing the Virgin Suicides. Yeah, I've only seen I've only this is the third one I've seen, uh, and this is like easily my favorite of the of the three. I think the Beguiled is good, um, though it's I think it's got some like pacing issues. Uh, the Bling Ring, I'm not a fan of, even though I know some people love it. Um, <laughs> it's I got endless thoughts on that movie, just endless thoughts. We could do a, I could do a. You know, that would be honestly an interesting rewatch. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be down that movie. I, I literally finished it, and I, I watched like, it for a philosophy I class, a lot of on that and movie. that was a great class to watch it for because we basically just showed up, and the teacher is like what do you think about these people? And so it was like everybody in the class kind of like screaming about like whether they hated them or not. And I think I probably fell on the side of hating them a little bit more than that. But <laughs> That's a movie where it, it features that amazing shot of just the steady on the house of Israel Broussard and the girl, I don't know the girl's name, uh, robbing the house and you can see a movie in and out of each room and it's awesome but that's also the same movie where four minutes into the movie you have the scene where the israel broussard is the new kid at the school and he's at his locker and the girl pops in they talk for a second and she's like yeah okay do you want to hang out and i'm just like they don't know each other yeah like start robbing I cars and about i think in that movie i think a little bit with the beguile too um and one reason why I haven't, like, I guess, connected with some of Sofia Coppola's or other movies other than this one is, like, sometimes she's clearly got ideas, and it's interesting to see those ideas, but then she always doesn't do, like, the legwork to, to get that to translate to you. You know, like, in that movie, it's, like, I think she... I think she wants the kids to seem like victims of their... of, like, circumstance, basically. You know, like, victims of the society they were born into. Um, and I just don't see them that way in the movie. Yeah. Like, but 
No. And, and you know, I think I these two characters like in this movie could come off just as privileged if she didn't do a good job of directing it. Um, but this, you just spend so much more, you spend so much more time with the two characters before she tries to, you just see, you just see their condition and why they're, they're feeling that way so much more um, before it really like gets going and, and it puts you in their shoes. And I think that that's like the best. I think, I think that that's why I really connected with it. It's like, I just really felt for both of them. Um, you know, like Bill Murray not being like personally fulfilled and then uh, Scarlett Johansson just being like overwhelmed. It was, it, it was just done really well in, in the movie. And that like yeah. sort of first, is it like a, the first half hour they don't even meet each other. And I feel like that's just so important in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you know, to, I haven't seen The Beguile, but I've seen Virgin Suicides. And I think, uh, I think Lost in Translation is much better than both of those movies. Blingering just a little, there's a lot to unpack there. Virgin Suicides is like, you make a good point about how she just like has movies that don't fully connect with you. And that's Virgin Suicides where like, I watched it and I was like, this is very good. And like, I enjoy what I, I'm watching and it's like, well yeah. done. But like, What's going on yeah, in this like, movie? Like, what is I going sometimes on admire movie? her films more than I like but, them. Yeah, um, which is a weird thing to feel, but that's definitely how I feel about some of them. <laughs> I have re- I own Maria. <laughs> I, I I've been wanting to watch it forever. That sounds like a fun one with Maria wearing like Converse and drinking Coke and, and things like that. <laughs> Heck yeah! Heck yeah! Um, yep, you know, speaking speaking of Marie Antoinette and and the lead performance by Kirsten Kiki Dunst. Oh, really? Okay. Anna Ferris. I did not like her in this movie, and I I just thought I I understand that this was the point of her character to like be like obnoxious and fun and like I like I I have a place in this world. At least that's what it felt like to me. But I mean. Sophia Coppola could have just speed dialed Kirsten Dunst and brought her into this movie. You're going to say that Sophia Coppola should have played the character, and I think she would also have been a good fit as the Anna Ferris character. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst would be great, though. She's really because Anna Ferris, Anna Ferris is super, super ditzy in the role. Like, like I'm, I'm shocked she's able to like tie her shoes. She's so like such like a dumb blonde in the movie which is definitely the way she's <laughs> supposed to be played but like it's like oh my oh my lord right if this if this were an older movie and uh, tell me if you think think i'm wrong if this were an older movie could you have seen that character being played by like cameron diaz if this was like 1998 I I I, uh, I watched my best friend's yes. wedding a couple weeks ago. Cameron Diaz rocks in that movie, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why it couldn't have been. I think Cameron Diaz would have been really good in that. I think that that would have been a good role. I think she would have like stolen That's the true. show a little bit more for me than than. Yeah, than, I was I was thinking about my best friend's wedding when I said that as well when I was watching it, and like I guess she's too good at like being likable while doing those things, especially at that time period. 
Yeah. I got okay. I got like two more questions for you. Did you did did like so I'm I'm not like insomnia. I don't have I don't have like insomnia ever. Like I, I like I can like sleep when I want to sleep. But like did this movie make you feel like you were I definitely like experiencing insomnia yes. while you were watching it? Because I've definitely I've definitely been there before with these people. Uh, I don't I'm I'm a late night person anyway, but I really don't sleep well in hotel rooms. So I just know the feeling of like laying there and it's like three in the morning and you're just staring at the ceiling of like, what the, what the hell? I can't, I can't sleep. I'm exhausted. I want to sleep. What is, what is going on? So I definitely, I definitely felt that with them. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever like gone downstairs in the hotel, but now maybe I, maybe I'll give it a try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be yeah. cool to like go I'll to the bar. To the bartender. See, like, I'll up? be like, like uh, Jack Torrance in uh, The Shining. <laughs> hmm. Do you think this would get made today? You know, I think maybe this gets made today where it only is following them in the hotel. <laughs> and it's a much cheaper version of this. And um, it doesn't get an Oscar push, probably. No, I, I I feel like if it was made today, it would be like Netflix produced or Hulu or something. And <laughs> I agree, like they wouldn't shoot it on location. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they did shoot on location. Yeah, they they had to have shot it on location. There's no chance they didn't shoot this on location. I, I just think, yeah, I agree. Che- much cheaper production budget. And I just feel like it's not enough of like an in-your-face yeah, movie like, for it's not, people to actually have any face. It's not Oscar-y enough you know, for it to get like sort of an inflated budget um, so it can get some awards and it's not like big enough for people to really go to the theater to see it. So then I, I feel like if it gets made today, it's only yeah. based off of the fact that um, uh, Sofia Coppola is attached to it. And I, I don't know if she would have that much like sway if she didn't make this movie when she did make it. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Do you think Bill Murray hmm. is Josh Hansen's character? Oh, man. Again? This is tough. I think... You know what? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, they didn't. Um, I think it's better they didn't. I feel like then they can have that moment. And it, I mean, like, you, like, you, like you've made the point a couple times about how like this just wouldn't work. In a different setting, yeah. And like you're I think, right, and I, I, I think, think it's good when Bill Murray flies back home and he like sees his children and like his wife. I bet probably like an immense amount of guilt, you know, like washes over him, and he's just like, "Oh man!" And I don't know if she gave him her, her phone number or not, but like he rips that up and throw, throws that away. <laughs> also, speaking of. The immense guilt. I, you know, I don't know how much guilt he would have felt about just like hanging out with her. Like he, it was just like it was like a friendly encounter until the very end with the kiss. Apparently, I mean, there was a lot more to that kiss. Where like they've like spent all this time together. Like they clearly like had some amount of feelings for each other. Um, really? Apparently, that kiss was uh, 
improv. <laughs> like apparently they decide. Yeah, I you know it's a little half-assed internet research for you right there, but apparently according to IMDb, there's some. You know, I think it's a good improv. I think it works like for their characters. Decision. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of like uh, speculation on film Twitter and Reddit about like what does he say to her? You know, like why don't we ever hear that? But I feel like seeing that kiss. It, it's like you don't even need to know, you know, you know, yeah. sort of along the lines okay. of what he said. <laughs> yeah, right, like, I, I mean, think we did yeah, a really good job of picking movies. Well, for I'm each glad other you liked it. Week. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to take we talk a little about the bit of a new format. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing a list um, the top 10 summer movies. And uh, these will be movies that came out between May. What's it? Yeah, yeah, okay? I'd say so. I know May Marvel's August, tried to like, right? switch a it a little movie? bit and make it earlier, but I think we okay. stick like May to August, those warm summer months uh, with some like action movies made for teenagers and things like that. Um, and we're going to talk about what our favorite ones are, either that we saw in theaters or that we didn't get the chance to see in theaters, but you know we've watched now. Um, and then I think we're also going to try and watch The Lovebirds, maybe, and uh, talk about it a little bit. Kumail Nanjiani, Issa Rae. <laughs> who, who, by the way, we, we mentioned the rewatchables. Issa Rae is really great Ooh, on the, on the Groundhog Day podcast. So if for some reason you listen to this podcast and not that one, go and listen to that podcast. <laughs> but we'll be discussing that. You're missing out. Um, You're missing out then, on the podcast. Further on down the line, we're going to be talking about the Oscars from 2001. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, a lot of so we'll be I've catching up on those there. for the week after next mean week. All of them. Um, and we will be uh, <laughs> sort of trying to go through all the Oscar ceremonies for the movies from 2000 through 2009. Um, so that's kind of the, the slate that we're, we've got. Um, since there's not really any new movies coming out. <laughs> nope. Nope. But we will, I guess, June 18th? Whatever week after uh, uh, all those movies. Yeah, out, absolutely. Both, we can really have a whole show just focused Got to cover, at the very least, The King of Staten Island and The Five Bloods. Okay. Uh, Okay, At the very least, true. we need to cover Artemis Fowl. <laughs> Maybe I'll read the book, finally. Fowl. Get past the first 50 pages. <laughs> read, the whole, read the whole series. We gotta we be gotta, experts I really want to be, by the time really we watch the movie. For this movie, I'm going to love. <laughs> we're way, Agreed. We're way well, over on time. We're we way over on time. some homework good, for, for a few weeks down the line. Uh, hopefully everybody else can catch up on that too. Um, but we're going to call it quits for today. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next.